Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen, glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, Amen. We look at today's Gospel reading, and it's a series of different amazing and wonderful women who have shown repentance and exemplified what repentance is all about. Yesterday night in the Vespers, the gospel was about the woman who saw Jesus from afar in the middle of the crowd, and she tried to find any way possible just to touch the hem of his garment so she could be healed. This morning's gospel is the woman that had a a demon-possessed daughter. She was a Canaanite woman, and she went seeking Jesus, And when she found him, she did not let him go until he healed her daughter. And regardless of what the Lord had to say to her about where she comes from or what she has done as a test of her faith, as an example for posterity for every one of us, she said, I come to you because only you can. Only you can. And then this morning you saw this woman in in this gospel, we read her, story every second service of the midnight prayer every day it's this this is the famous gospel of the second service of the midnight hour and how this woman remarkably goes straight again looking for jesus wherever she can find him she finds out that he's at a pharisee's house she risks all things to enter this pharisee's house the fact that she goes into a pharisee's house being the woman of reputation that she was is unheard of Makes no sense. Like, I don't think anyone here would just, like, go knock on somebody's house and crash their party. And yet this woman, not only did she go, she went into a house where she knew she would definitely not be welcomed. At least by the owner of the house. But by the guest who was in the house, our Lord Jesus Christ, she was more welcome than than she could have ever imagined. There's a beautiful psalm that says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures forever. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. And I think Thanksgiving has many things to remind us of why we're thankful. But one of the most important things to be thankful for, or the the product of Thanksgiving, is a change in my ways, a change in my lifestyle, a change in my behavior. A change in the way I look at things or people. A change from within. A true metanoia. A true change of mind. A true turning towards God. This is basically what Thanksgiving can do if taken seriously. If not just a traditional ceremony of you know, uh, food and dinner and friends. But of realizing why I'm thankful. Why I'm grateful. Why are we going to do this celebration? And why is this story so remarkable today? Like, what, what moved her? What inspired her to do what she did? So it's not only that she looked around and find out that the Lord would be at this house at this hour of the day, but she went in and not, that wasn't enough. She didn't just go look at him and sit there or just try to get a glimpse of him and leave. 
she was wounded by his love. Something about him and who he is wounded her. Now, this is one of those wounds that don't hurt physically, but they heal spiritually. She was wounded by something. I read this beautiful quote by Father Daniel Fanus. He's the, father, the author of the book, A Silent Patriarch, The Life of Pope Carolus. He, he says, after longing, we begin to behold God. After longing. So there's a longing for something. So she was longing for something here. She obviously longed for something. She longed for many things. So after longing, we begin to behold. So it's, it's one thing to observe the sunrise every morning and drive right by it as we get to work. And another thing to sit there at the park as the sun begins to manifest itself and observe the beauty of it and the the leaves on the trees or what's on the floor and the sound of the, the squirrels and the birds and so on. There's a difference, as you know. So there's a longing for something, then there be, there, there's a beholding of that someone who created that something. Then, we, she, then he goes on to say, we begin to stare at God. Have you ever stared at God? Some people say, well, how do I stare at God? How can I stare at God? I can't see God. Are you sure about that? Are you sure that you can't see God? Or is he again, as he promised, I'm with you always, even to the end of the ages. As he said, when you do whatever good you do, to the least of my brothers, you do it directly to me. Are you sure you can't see God? You have an icon or a favorite picture of the Lord that reminds you of him from your tenderest memories as a child. Does that not mean you can see God? If we seek him, we will find him. So, after longing, we begin to behold, we begin to stare at God, and then we begin to appreciate his beauty. We begin to appreciate his beauty. The beauty of the Lord is not just the beauty of an icon that's beautifully painted and written and drawn by the iconographer. There's more to the beauty of God than that. There are some who completely ignore and disregard or even deny the existence of the beauty of God. And there are others who have begun to be wounded by this love that start to look and see and stare and behold and appreciate. And this is what happened to this woman today. Then he goes on to say, when we fall in love with Christ, we are then wounded by his love. You start falling in love with Jesus. This concept sounds almost unreal to some. Like people think, what, what is this theory? This is not theory. There are many people, I'm sure some sitting among us right now, that have fallen in love with Jesus Christ. That it's no longer just, again, a religious association or affiliation, some sort of theological understanding of who God is or what he has done, or what will he do and when will he come back. But they have fallen in love with a person named Jesus Christ. This begins with thanksgiving. But I'm talking about the thanksgiving of what has the Lord done for me. In Psalm 116 it says, What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? But if I don't keep track, or I don't notice, or I take for granted all His benefits toward me, I will not say that at all. When the psalmist says, what shall I render to the Lord? What shall I give to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? 
there's not much you can give in the sense of it's not if I give a big donation to a charity or if I go to church extra early. It's not about these religious duties. What this woman did here today was not a religious duty. I'm sure you noticed. What led her to the Lord is a love. She appreciated, she saw something that led her, that drew her to Him. It wasn't even enough to just get to the house. She had to pour the, the oil. She had to cry the tears. She had to wipe the feet. She wanted to tell Him, thank you for what you have done for me. And it's marvelous and remarkable because what had He done for her yet? We don't know. It's a mystery that I, I suppose we will begin to understand in eternity. But what had the Lord done for her in this moment? He had not yet died on the cross. He had not yet risen from the dead. He had not yet given her His Holy Spirit. What had He done for her, for her to react this way? It's remarkable. And yet, you and I have received greater things than what she has received. Which means that we have also the potential to be wounded by that exact same love she was wounded with. To love Him the way he loved, she loved. Because what does the Lord tell her at the end? He says, therefore I say to you, as He's trying to explain or enlighten Simon the Pharisee, He says, therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much. What did she love much? Or is the question not what did she love much, but who did she love much? She loved Him much. And that led her to do much more than the average person sitting there hosting the dinner which is in most cases most of society today most of society will fall in to the Simon the Pharisee category I mean last week we looked at Zacchaeus's story and how he welcomed the Lord into his house when he welcomed the Lord into his house his gratefulness for the Lord calling to him from the sycamore tree and telling him I must come and dine at your house today his gratefulness, his thanksgiving for what the Lord did led him to restore fourfold everything he had taken in a wrong way. It led him to react above and beyond what was expected. He didn't, he didn't have to give fourfold back. But he did it because he was moved. He was grateful. He gave thanks for what the Lord had done for him on that day in Jericho. That's Zacchaeus. Now, Simon the Pharisee welcomed the Lord in as some sort of networking event. Some sort of, you know, let's get to know each other. Let's see what you're all about. What do you have to tell us? What can we gain from you? How can we approve our political situation with the Romans? And that's where it stopped. And therefore, that's where it ended. There was nothing. It was, come in, have a seat. It was transactional. Our life with Jesus was never intended to be transactional. Never. Our prayers, receiving his body and blood mystically through the, the bread and wine on the altar, um, partaking of our fellowship with one another as Christians and the body of Christ, none of it was intended to be transition, transactional. So it's a, it's a choice to make. So let's pray and say, let's start with a thanksgiving. What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? Let's begin to keep track of all His benefits towards us. 
I can count thousands of benefits towards me just thinking right now. I'm sure you can too, especially if you put your mind to it. Maybe at first you can think the list is very short of one or two things that you think he did for you and are grateful for from 10, 15, 20 years ago. If you're careful and sit down and begin to long for something greater than what you have at base level, you will start to see that the list is getting longer and longer of the things that are benefits in your life. And you'll begin to react like Zacchaeus did, like this woman did, like Mary and Martha did when they had the Lord at their house with Lazarus and countless others. Ask yourself, how will you host Jesus today in your heart? If your heart represents this house, how will you host him today in your heart? Is he just coming in here, have a seat, like Simon the Pharisee did? Or is it going to be, you're the center of my attention. My heart is focused on you. Pray for this. It's not going to come suddenly. And don't be disappointed if it doesn't. But begin the process of heading that way. Begin with the process of longing. Say, Lord, grant me to long for you. Lord Jesus, grant me to long for you. Some people say, I've never longed for God. Start praying for it. And let the rest come. And then begin to behold. Begin to notice. What does it mean to behold other than taking the time to perceive and notice something? It's not just a quick glance. We spend a lot of, think about the amount of time we spend in front of a screen, beholding the screen and whatever it is it has to give us of information at work and so on. We are capable of beholding. But we need to begin to say, Lord, help us, steer us towards beholding greater things. Enough with the lesser. Let's begin to behold the greater, the better. Begin with that. And after that, you'll begin again to stare and look intently, as He does with you, by the way. From before the Lord created us, from before the foundation of the world, the Lord was already having us and had us in His mind, right? Longing to share His love with every single soul He would create, whom He foreordained. And then, beholding every one of us and how we will live and what we will be and how we will be in glory with Him in eternity. This was already in the mind of God. So let's pray for that. Let's say, Lord, grant me to appreciate, grant me to understand, wound me with your love, grant me to desire you above all things. The psalmist says, what shall, the Lord, what shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and I will declare the name of the Lord. Taking up the cup of salvation is receiving Him into your hearts and going through everything with Him. St. Paul was telling us today that as we are partakers of the suffering, we are also begin to, begin to become partakers of the consolation. This woman today exemplifies every potential, the potential for every soul to be in union with the Lord. And it starts off with thanksgiving. A thanksgiving of repentance that leads a person to go beyond, to enter into this stranger's home, to go to the feet of Jesus. Re realizing and knowing how greatly loved 
She has been and she is. Again, I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much. Let's ask the Lord to remove the things that are lesser in our hearts that have captured our affections and say, Lord, grant me to love you beyond anything else with all my heart, just like the commandment was a couple weeks ago. Your sins will be forgiven because you love much. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.